Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our injury update series, which is unfortunately not a show I was hoping to do as quickly uh, as has come around. Arsenal managed to survive just one game with zero injuries on their books. To do so, I am joined by Dr. Raj from 3CB Performance. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good. We were joking off air that I was looking forward to being back, but it's not quite this quickly, right? Yes, of course. It's. Um, I'm trying to think of some kind of myth that when you're, you're happy to see someone, but actually when you see them, bad things happen. I suppose my mother-in-law could be a, a good example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding, Alison, I swear. Um, but in regards to kind of Granite Xhaka's injury, uh, we'll read through what the club has said along an official line. Uh, let's have a look, obviously, what the club have said according to the official website. Uh, further to injuring his right knee during Sunday's match against Tottenham Hotspur, assessments and scans have confirmed that Granite Xhaka suffered a significant injury to his medial knee ligament. A specialist consultation took place at London on Tuesday their evening, which is determined that Granite does not require surgery, and Granite's recovery and rehabilitation program will start immediately, and we are aiming for him to be back in action in approximately three months. Everyone at the club will now be supporting and working hard for Granite to get him back on the pitch as soon as possible. Now, when the injury happened, Raj, what was kind of your initial reaction when you saw it? From that moment, did you think it was as serious as what a three-month absence would be? Yeah, I thought I actually thought it might, might be worse. I thought it might be the ACL. So you're looking at eight, nine month injury. Mm. And the reason I say that is because the way it happened, his foot being planted, the player falling, Maura falling into his knee. And also Jacques was not looking at it. So he was unable to react and get his knee or foot out of the way. So he took that knee, took the full weight of the falling player onto the knee and, and also Jacques' reaction, he's reaction doesn't tell us that much, but he's typically a relatively kind of he plays through things quite well. And so seeing his reaction and how kind of down he was about it coming off the pitch and his reaction well with Artata who was consoling him as he came off the pitch, I had a feeling this was a pretty significant injury. So it's an injury to the the MCL. Is is that right? Um, in saying that, I mean, I myself have ruptured my my ACL when I was playing, so I'm I'm aware of kind of that path. But how different is an MCL injury to an ACL injury that a lot of people are more familiar with? Yeah. So it, the A in ACL or so, and the C stands for anterior cruciate. So that crosses over the knee in the front. The medial in, is on the inside of the knee, and it's significantly different. I always joke. If there's one ligament that you that you want to injure, it's mm. the MC, it's the MCL, for a multitude of reasons. It, it heals quicker because it has blood blood supply to it. It results in less limitations in range of motion loss and functions. So you're able to then rehab and get back onto the pitch quicker, which then results in less of a fitness deficit as well. So, in terms of the reason why he's not requiring surgery. Um... If this was an ACL injury, uh, I imagine it'd be very different. And because it's the MCL, is that one of the bigger reasons as to why he's not requiring surgery? Yeah, typically with an MCL, unless that ligament is typically just, I say, shredded, where it's just so damaged, you cannot, mm. it's not going to heal again. It heals very, very well. So you don't need surgery. The other positive here with him not needing surgery is that 
A lot of times there's a, a tissue called the meniscus, which sits between your knee joint, mm. which that ligament actually attaches to. And when you have an MCL tear, it can actually damage that meniscus too. So you want to you want to have to assess and see if that meniscus may possibly need surgery as well. In this case, after that consultation, we found out that neither is the case. And so that does bode well for his recovery. In terms of the fact that he's not receiving surgery as well and, and, and recovery, they've given an, an approximate three-month timeline, which would see him return just prior to January and maybe just missing that um, festive period where it gets very, very busy. So it's a little bit unfortunate because there were some speculative reports that it would only be six to eight weeks initially, and that's now been extended. With the fact that it doesn't require surgery, is there any hope that there could be kind of an acceleration of that timeline back and you could see someone recover from an injury like this sooner than expected? Yeah, typically with these, with a grade three MCL, that doesn't have, that doesn't require surgery for the meniscus either. I mean, you're normally looking at like 10 to 12 weeks. So there is some variance there as well. I think they're saying approximately because, you one, you don't ever want to put that pressure on a player to say, hey, be back in eight weeks or whatever it is. And there's also, as you did along in the process, you know, some players progress quicker, some progress slower. So it gives you a little bit of cushion either way. I think in Jacques's case, his fitness levels – his commitment and discipline to his fitness and also to rehab and also his mentality. This has been said by many players, uh, many of his coaching staff is, is quite elite. That always mm -hmm. bodes well for an accelerated recovery. The key question becomes is, you know, do you want to drop him into that very, very physical period that comes with the end of the festive season? It's going to be tricky, isn't it? Because to manage his game time along with the rehab and, and when you choose to throw him back into the fold and you want to lower that risk of re-injury as much as physically possible. And, and speaking of which, this type of injury, we've seen Hector Bellerin, Rob Holding, Callum Chambers come back from ACL problems in the past and have varying levels of success in, in their kind of post-injury playtime. The injury that he has... In regards to the, the likelihood of re-injury, is it any similar to that of an ACL damage? Uh, it's, it's significantly less. I, I mean, that's, and that's one that I touched on before with the MCL, where that you don't, you just don't have as many knock-on effects because your, your range of motion and your strength and all those aspects, you're, just, you're not as limited as you are with an ACL, where you have to be certain non-weight bearing for a certain period of time, where you can't do certain movements for a certain period of time. So with the MC, this, with this injury, the MCL injury, that rehab is much quicker, and therefore you don't lose your current level of fitness nearly as quickly. And so a lot of times it's that fitness, and it's also that mental aspect when you haven't played, let's say, with an ACL for eight or nine months. It's that aspect that really requires time to reacclimate. Whereas in Jaka's case, you know, it could be that 10 to 12 month period. Yeah, it's significant, but three months on balance still isn't that that much time right it's only let's say it's less than half a season so all those things bode well for a quicker return and also i think one thing also to note and is Jacques' style of play it's not focused Athletic. on <laughs> yeah it's not focused on the athleticism it's positional play so he doesn't have like bellerin we know his pace was severely i think impacted post acl and so Jacques' style of play bodes well as well for, for a good quality return.
It's really good news. Now, beyond the expertise around injuries, you are a gooner uh, as yeah. well. And speaking kind of from a footballing point of view, what would you like to see Mikel Arteta do after this? Um, obviously, we've seen Arsenal play a 4-3-3 against Burnley. We've seen them play the 4-2-3-1. And there's now with Xhaka out an opportunity for the likes of Sambi Lukonga, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Mohamed Elneny, the other options that are there. Even youth players like Charlie Patino could argue playing mm-hmm. midfield. What do you, from your supporter fan perspective, would prefer to see with Xhaka out? I think, I think personally, I would product to shift. I think he was obviously moving more towards that 4-3-3 with Jacques in a, in a more expansive role up the pitch, mm. what we've seen from his heat from his uh, heat maps and his distribution. But the biggest issue for me, I think Lokanga will get with the majority of playing time. Uh, his major issue is his defensive positioning. And so it's going to be difficult to play that 4-3-3 with a player who isn't quite as good at, at positioning himself into some of those defensive channels like Jaka has been. And so I, I would see probably my guess is, or my preferences to kind of tilt or hold the reins in that four, three, three, and kind of move back to that four, two, three, one, maybe until Lokanda does, is able to now acclimate and maybe mm-hmm. you're seeing or, or seeing what he wants from him defensively. Like seeing that Chelsea match and how easily Lokanda was moved from these decoy runs you know, if you're playing that four-three-three, and you're going to be really, really exposed. Yeah, I mean, I, I for me would like to see us be a bit fluid and shift between depending on opponents. I like the fact he went to the four-two-three-one against Spurs. I think that worked. But when we come up against Brighton and then Palace and Villa, I think there's an opportunity for Partey to play at the six with Erdogan and Smith Rowe. And I also think he still needs to choose between Pepe and Saka on the right, which could give the likes of Martinelli an opportunity on the left-hand side to play, or Abamyang to play on the left with Lacazette up top. There's lots of options that he's got. Um, but it's going to be interesting how he he goes through those. Before you go, uh, there's a couple of chats uh, from the from the chat box. Ironically, you'll be surprised to know and questions that have come through. Uh, Steve Stone asked six to eight weeks was previously quoted. Uh, we now know it to be approximately three months that he's out. How does this type of uh, injury affect the surrounding muscles in the leg? Yeah, that's uh, just eight week. I think yesterday, just comment on it. Yesterday, I said let's wait until the club puts out a timeline because he mm. was seeing specialists. So that was, that was a lot of speculation there. Um, his running muscles. So in this case, the good news is that he doesn't have to be immobilized for very long. So you can keep working on the strength of those muscles. And also with Jacques' previous fitness, he already has a, a higher level of fitness and muscular strength. So. It gives him a higher reserve, or for me, I would call it a margin of error. So, yes, they're going to be weaker because obviously you're not putting them through this the same training if you're injured. But compared to a different player or compared to a more serious injury, this still bodes very, very well for that muscular strength. Uh, OG asks, was Xhaka's injury made worse by the fact that he was fatigued already after running his arse off for 80 minutes, having not played just about a month? Arteta had to take him off earlier. Maybe it would have been a different story. Do you think that the timing of, of how long he was on the pitch had any impact on it? Nah, I mean, you put enough contact through anything, it's going to break. If, it, if this was a non-contact injury... Like, like a muscular injury or let's say, you know, ACL, like we've seen with Bellerin where your fatigue, you know, comes into play, the non-contact aspect, then you have a point. In this case, you have Jacques who's not looking at a player 
You never anticipate anyone falling into your leg, right? That could be at minute two, it could be at minute 80. And so to me in this case, fatigue was not a factor in the slightest. Good stuff. And lastly, from Ashwin, who says, why does it seem that Arsenal has the most injuries over the past decade? I know this is a question that comes up a lot. Does that come down to diet, our style of play, or the training regime? Well, one is, I don't know if they do or do not, right? Seam doesn't tell me anything. The data Mm -hmm. doesn't, I don't know. Um, Also, over those 10 years, the medical training staff, physio staff has changed significantly multiple times. So how can I, I, it's hard to connect common themes when you have multiple different variables changing. What I can tell you in the last two to three years, the data shows the medical staff and physio staff has done a very, very good job in terms of players' time lost to games and getting players back quickly. Um, as to why, there's no way for me to know that. I mean, there's just there's so many variables I don't know. Hmm. I agree. I think it's just one of those, Ashwin, that we we just have to kind of accept as, as something that's happened and it's almost impossible to, to determine why it, there's been so many injuries. But you also have to think that we're so so hyper-focused around Arsenal that we're not really paying attention to what's happening at other clubs as well, anywhere near as much. So that sense of frequent injuries at Arsenal gets heightened when actually maybe it averages out fairly similar to other clubs. Anyway, that does bring us to the end of today's show. If you have enjoyed it, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here and follow Dr. Raj at 3CB Performance. Thank you so much, mate, once again for coming on. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me again. And of course, you can check out his YouTube channel in which he delves into plenty more about uh, injuries and the world of it. So give yourself a shout out for that. Yeah. Um, to that point, just YouTube, Twitter, 3CB Performance. I'll actually have a uh, Jaka update video out hopefully in two to three hours here, kind of just going more into some of the details we already touched on, but hopefully with some you know, nice pictures. Some nice pictures. Who doesn't love some nice pictures? So you want to go over and check that one out. Anyway, thank you, as I said already, for tuning in, guys. Uh, Please do drop a like. Please do subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. for the Agenda Show. And, of course, being Thursday, it'll be press conference day, so there'll be lots of reaction to our Tetris press conference with Chris Wheatley and Kai Karnak as well. See you soon, and keep following us down the Arsenal way.